Welcome back to Not Alone, a podcast about faith and well-being. We are so glad you are listening. Summer is traditionally the vacation season. We push the pause button on our daily routines to go somewhere and kick our feet up. But how we experience summer changes over the course of our lives. Summer can be beach time. It can also be time for home projects or even moving to a new home altogether. Perhaps you can look back on your own previous summer seasons and see the times of rest and also the times of stress. In this episode, we'll get anecdotal and talk about how all that has played out in our own lives. To recap the summer and launch us into a new season of this podcast, here are Michael McCord, Evan DeYoung, and Lindsay Geist. Hello! everyone and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the not alone podcast i'm evan and i'm here with michael and Lindsay in person say hey to the peoples hey everybody i've missed you evan hey i've missed that hello everybody well you gotta have you know you gotta have a signature bit even if it's not good if you stick with it long enough people it's like a stockholm syndrome you got voice recognized this summer didn't you that's true. Yeah. Yes. I didn't think I didn't think that was going to come up. Yeah. And you probably didn't even get voice recognized by saying hello everybody. It's true. That probably wasn't that probably wasn't the case. But nonetheless, we are back for our fourth season. Fourth. Yeah. We're season 50 four. we're 50 something episodes in. I know. I uh, I mean I in a serious thing, you know me. I'm gonna like express kind yeah, things. I know. I mean, we're fifty something episodes in of a project that just started that was supposed to be a short term project for us. Yeah, that's true. And getting to know each other. And I mean, I in my sappy way, every time we record or start a new season, it reminds me how grateful I am for y'all's friendship and for I know, Michael. Wipe away those tears. Oh, wipe them time. away. I don't have any tissues. I have some house plants. Oh, goodness and gracious. It's snotty here in a second. Yeah. Oh. There's a windscreen. It's really fluffy. You can wipe, <laughs> <laughs> you can wipe your tears. But seriously, who, I mean, who would have thought that we would still be sitting here and have this kind of friendship? And we had a summer where I, like, saw y'all in real life. Multiple, Multiple times. times. It's it's like we were real friends and not just internet friends. Yeah, yeah. I think for for people who who maybe came in midstream or you don't remember, we started this at the beginning of the pandemic because this event that we were three of us were working on got canceled because it turns out you can't have in person events during a pandemic. And so we started doing this recording, and really, honestly, I think Lindsay, we saw you maybe three times in person. I know we weren't we, we weren't even like friends at that point. We were sort of colleagues that were semi working on this project together. I think I think if we're honest, Lindsay was a little skeptical, but we were paying her to <laughs> hang out with us. That's true. We that is true. Can we just be honest? That is true. <laughs> that that's how you can tell that this friendship has uh, grown and evolved. You no longer pay me to spend time with you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I still get paid. <laughs> Yeah, actually, oh, both goodness. of your parents pay me. Your mom pays <laughs> me, and your mom pays <laughs> me. That's true. They say they're it's too okay, because your grandmother pays us. Right? It's, true. <laughs> it's, it's all bribery in our grandma. friendship all yeah, around. She pays you in crafts. And, yeah. That's right. Oh, goodness. That's a, cards. Uh, yes. Hey, Grandma, I will get you the new link. 
<laughs> that's that's the the nature of our dialogue. So it, I mean, it's been a fun summer to think about that I've seen y'all in person several times. Um, we've gotten to hang out not just for work, like for actual fun friendship things. Um, we make we have a good time with the work stuff. True. <laughs> so, so yesterday I was on a call. And people were talking about, so all of us go to, so we're all Methodists here, and the Methodists meet every summer for an event called Annual Conference. And someone on this call was like, I just don't know what it was this year, but it just wasn't much fun. People were going to bed early and, and not hanging out. And, and I, I was just, I just started laughing and I was like, well, not everyone went to bed <laughs> early. <laughs> So, so the young clergy were out hanging out, and uh, it, was, it was. Do we still fall as young? I don't know. I'm going to hold on to it as long as I can. Yeah, I mean, let's ride that wave. I think, according to demographics, we don't count anymore. Well, especially me. Especially I think you, you, old man. Yeah. Yeah. I think you still hold on to that. <laughs> those those few years. I, let me be clear. I said I hung out with the young clergy. There you go. I did not claim myself to be. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, anyway, goodness. so yeah, it's been good. It's been a, a wild summer. But I feel like in thinking about as we, we were talking before we started recording about your summer, uh, Lindsay, a summer of yes, that all of this whole relationship was was a relationship of yes. Like we came to you and said, hey, can you help us do this thing? Oh. And you said, yes. <laughs> And then the pandemic hit, and then Evan said, what if we take this show on the road and just, like, record it and see if there's anything? And you said you convinced us somehow to say yes. And then, you know, we just... And then every time that we recorded more episodes and said, okay, should we keep doing this project? We've run its course. Then we say, that answer is not... You know, yes. Sorry, sorry. Refix that question. (laughs) The answer is reverse. Yes. (laughs) Has it run its course, or should we keep doing it? Keep doing it. Yes. 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 Keep doing it. (laughs) You still in that? We created a very weird Jeopardy type situation for ourselves there. I mean, I just that is funny to think about that. I am not a person that typically says yes all the time. Often I say, let me think about it, or let me get back to you. Because that is our phrase. <laughs> let me think. I was, like, my I kids, was like, where is this, this going? This is what my kids always say. Dad, you always say, let's think about it. And we know that means no. no. I mean, that is pretty true. You know what but... my dad used to say, which is even more infuriating. If you need an answer right now, the answer is no. If you let me think about it. The answer could be yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's a good framework for yeah. say, yeah. You... I, so, I mean, I am somebody that often thinks about things and says, let me get back to you. Right. And really, in reality, for most of our friendship and knowing each other, there is something about y'all that I really feels really safe and trusting for me to easily say. Yes. Called peer like, pressure. <laughs> we got a good track record. <laughs> but there's just been a lot of exciting yes with y'all and with uh, this project as it keeps growing and with all the work that we've done outside of here. And 
yeah, it just, even though I didn't realize that impacted me in that way, maybe that's really what helped me contribute to this summer of yes. Well, and I like that we take breaks. Like at first, I think when we were doing the podcast, we said, we got to do this. It's got to release every week on this schedule and, and we should go through the summer and figure we out had a way a, to what do they it. say, a good Protestant work ethic when it came to this. <laughs> well, and there really wasn't, I, there really wasn't that much going on either. <laughs> Cause it didn't matter if it was summer or for, fall. For y'all. We were, we were, well, I mean, we have plenty to do, but it was all within the same confines of true, my own true. home or like, you know, rent an Airbnb and, you know, bring two pounds of Lysol. And so I think what I like about breaks and summer breaks and not feeling like we have to even good things in our lives, it's good to mix up the routine and, and take breaks from. I think for summer for us, for the podcast, it's great to get away, think, refresh, come at it with some new attitudes and ideas. But I think summer is also that opportunity for us. We have cemented it that way in our culture, that summer is when kids take a break. So maybe it's just kind of baked in from when you were a little kid on that when the weather gets hot, the fun ramps up and we got to figure it out. But for you as an adult, as you think about summer and breaks and these kind of two months-ish of season change, both in work and in temperature. How has your feelings of what it looks like to kind of break up the routine and rest well or get away kind of grown or changed throughout the years? I've had months to think about this. <laughs> The, the first, <laughs> all my notes from the summer are one question. <laughs> the thing, I, the first thing that came to my mind was, I have lived and worked in a semester college system my entire career, so yeah. so that shapes like so much of how I experience summer. Not that, not that I'm working in this. Not that I'm not working in the summer, but the rhythm is very different because it's lots of travel and conferences and it's just like, it's a different rhythm than I, I, I've never experienced a summer with a, a, I guess you might say a normal job, you know, where like I'm going into an office and there's this like rhythm that doesn't quite change, but the kids rhythms change. So my, my rhythm changes with change with the kids. So um, I think, I think that says a lot about how I've experienced summers. And I always think about that. Like, if I took a job where I was in a traditional office, like, what would that be like to have summer it not be what it is for me now? I wonder if you'd still somewhat stay on that routine just because you were you have either been a student or worked with students, and even if you moved out of that sector at some point, your kids, while your kids are still at home, they would still be on that cycle. So I think it would be natural to gravitate to it and still build around it. It, it, would, it would be hard to make that yeah. adjustment, I would think. Summer for me has really changed over the years uh, of how I feel about it. I mean, I think back to, as a child, how much I was excited about summer. There's like so much possibility when you go into a summer right. of like, where am I going to 
what where are we gonna go for family beach trip? What um I was that nerd that I was always like, okay, we're gonna get to like read a book more often and not have to do schoolwork. You can just play and do imaginary stuff. You can have more sleepovers, all of that. Um Dude, I love sleepovers. I mean, I just think back to how fun it was to like get to go to Blockbuster and then like get pizza and have a slumber so party. For, for some of you, Blockbuster is a place where you would rent movies. <laughs> Keep going. You're good. It's needed. Yes. Yeah. It is, you know, you would go to the store on a Friday night and they had it's all like, the videos laid it's out. It's like Netflix, but instead of watching it, seeing it all in the queue on the screen, you had to go to the actual store to look and at look the queue. And look at your genre. Yeah, it's a, so it's a library for movies. You, and then everyone knows really, what a library And is. then be really sad. A library, for those of you listening, <laughs> is a place where there's... Our library books. down the street has DVDs. Yeah. And Blu-rays. So you can go to the library and have your own blockbuster experience. Yeah. But they close at like six. The the Ingalls in my old community still had a video rental section. Oh. How cool is that? So I think that when I was younger, I um there was just this hope and anticipation about summer. And then there was something that happened to me in the last few years as an adult that summers were actually starting to feel challenging for me. At what um, point? How old? Like recently? 10, 10 years old, no, I think. I, I'd say recently, like in the last... 10 years old. Lindsay's teenage years were 13 and 14. <laughs> and then at 15, she launched right into her career. No more fun. Her parents came down uh, and said, Lindsay, what's for dinner? Yeah. I think uh, probably right around like 30-ish or so. Um, so done with grad school. Done with grad school. Been out a few years. Um, and, you know, like still lived some of that grad school cycle. Um, also was like right out of grad school. I had like no PTO and no money. And so you can't really do anything and go anywhere when you're, that's your life. Um, and so I think, <laughs> uh, it was an interesting season. And I think there's something about in my early 30s that summer started feeling a bit lonely. Oh. Um, it was a time when all the people that I love seemed to be traveling and going places. Like, people would go with their families. Um, half my friends were married with kids. Um, and so people would go, all go on their family trips and do other things. And there were a few summers where I uh, didn't quite know who was home, who I could call, who I could spend time with, um, who would be willing to and have enough PTO and disposable income to go on vacation or not. It's usually when the wage disparity started happening with friends. People so in real jobs had money. And then <laughs> those of us in the service, like the public I mean, service realm... Yeah. Yes, yes and no. We can joke about that, but also it was just interesting as friends in different work sectors started having different amounts of disposable income. And so I just had a few years that felt lonely and hard in summers 
And I actually looked forward to spring and fall when a routine would come back. Everybody would kind of have to be around. Uh, you'd be able to plan things a little better with friends. Um, and my extroverted self felt more engaged with people. And so there were a few years stretch that summer was hard. I think that's fair. I think uh, I hadn't really thought about, like, when I graduated college until I got married, which was most of my 20s, I didn't go on. My family didn't do family vacation yeah. as, like, adults. We didn't. I didn't really vacation. I didn't take any vacations. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't go anywhere. Um, the only places I went were work-related and yeah. usually involved taking a bunch of high schoolers or teenagers or, or, or college students somewhere. So it was like, yeah, I could definitely see how summer could have a very different feel if you don't have a family. If you're not married, you don't have children, and all these people are doing all these things, and you just kind of feel like, I don't get, or or if you don't have the ability financially or the job. So and and so it was a combination of I think several of those factors hitting at the same time for me for a few years that made me not have that same anticipation and excitement about summer. I hear that from teacher friends a lot that they they just crash the first two weeks of summer break after school. They live one or two good weeks in the summer and then. They just kind of dread it, <laughs> the rest of it. And I think it depends on, well, but some of them are like, I, well, like what am I going to do? Like, I, I don't have, I don't get paid a ton. So I have all this time off, but what I think are, I where am I going to have to have a job? Yeah, where like, am I, I going to have like a summer job? You took a sabbatical and your sabbatical was getting a different job. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think when there's wide expanses ahead of us as a kid, it feels exciting and invigorating and it's yeah because a kid can fill space with anything yeah well you're allowed to play more and as an adult i think wide open space like that the thought of it sounds exciting and the reality of it uh doesn't feel as good um so so how has your you going back to your summer of yes you've changed yeah i just like saying that so I mean, that's been my mantra of the summer, yeah. is that I decided so what, what do you I was mean by that? a what summer a, what that of yes. Um, I think that... Like, if I ask you something right now, you're just going to say yes to it. No, I'm not going to go bungee jumping with you tomorrow. I, I will probably say today. no. Today. Today. Yeah, no. Um, I will say no to that. Um, there are a few stipulations of things that I'm going to say no to. But overall, I... Um, Skydiving. I, no. Indoor skydiving right now. Indoor skydiving? Down the street. I feel slightly safer than actual skydiving. So I don't know. There's a giant spinning fan below you. <laughs> fan of death. Um, I've played I, enough video games to know you don't want to go in there. I think that uh, there were a few things that combined to lead me to start jokingly call this, calling this the summer of yes. Is that... I think that that early 30s of summer is hard. I need to reframe and try to find ways to look forward to summer. I think the year, two years, however long we want to couch this pandemic is happening. The ebbs and flows of the pandemic um, of feeling slightly more isolated or just not being able to do things made me really want to engage life differently and more proactively and in an exciting way. Um, 
So I decided, and I think that I had a heavy se- season um, for a couple months where it was just uh, just a lot in life uh, back in the spring that I just felt like I uh, wanted to be reinvigorated and uh, really tap into a lot more joy. And so I decided that I wanted to intentionally fill my summer with lots of fun and make sure that I was, uh, if people asked me to do something, instead of spending lots of time going, would I want to do that? Is that something that would really interest me or not? I kind of decided, sure, why not? And so the sure why not started just turning into yes. I love that. I like the summer yes or sure why not. Summer I mean, that's sure why not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, no, that's probably true. And so the summer probably started as a sure why not when people asked me things. Um, but then I just decided that I was going to say yes to all sorts of things because I also wanted to expand my horizon of things that I was doing. So friends had extra tickets to some show and said, hey, do you want to come along? Yes. And that's um, how you saw Disney on Ice four times in one summer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I sadly didn't see Disney on Ice at all. So um, maybe when y'all go next time, you should invite me. We go. Uh, we have a subscription <laughs> season, <laughs> season pass. Um, I just want to say for the record, I also had a season, a summer of yes. I said yes to COVID twice this summer in May, oh, and I then also that. in July. Just, just so you know, I also was embracing. I only said yes to it once, and um, yeah, that was. I'm one just thing. saying, if you that really had a thing, good summer one, of yes, you should go for one more round. Yeah, that was one thing that I was okay saying no to. Um, <laughs> I wish I could have said no to. Um, so yeah, so I, what did you say yes to? Yeah, tell, yeah. So I mean, I said yes to everything from uh, plays and musicals when people were going to concerts. Um, that uh, I mean. Zach Brown Band came to Atlanta and was playing at Truist Park. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to say yes. And I just bought tickets, uh, several tickets, and then started calling friends. I'm like, I already have tickets. So anybody want to come with me? That's um, the way to do it. Of, like, I bought a couple tickets. And so I needed a friend to come along. And um, I said yes to, I went to the Braves games a few times this summer. Um there's been friends that have gone on vacation a few different places. Um, so the beach, the lake, things like that. When people said, hey, we might go do this. Would you be interested? Yes. Why not? I'll figure it out. Um, you know, and it's a lot of just figuring it out. Um, ended up, my most recent yes is my friend uh, said, hey, I have a ticket to go see uh, the Queen's Ball for Bridgerton. <laughs> And do you want to dress up and go? I have watched a grand total of one episode of Bridgerton. And I go, okay, tell me more about it. And my friend goes, Lindsay, you're living your summer of yes. <laughs> Just say that. yes. <laughs> you like, don't need it. You know else. what? Bridgerton were... is a period drama for those who <laughs> have lived under a rock Which and not seen it. Which section at Blockbuster would I find? I, I will say based on our demos, uh, most of our audience probably knows what Bridgerton is. I agreed. And so, yes, of course I'll dress up and go to that. Why not? Um, 
And my summer of yes has just changed my outlook in such an incredible way um, that if there's something that I thought about doing, like, would I want to go to that concert? I wonder if a friend would go with me or not. Um, I just bought two tickets and then started calling around. If there's, um, you know, there was live music a few weeks ago and I texted a friend and I said, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to the restaurant around the corner. Um, I'm going to go listen to live music. Do you want to join me? And I started deciding that I was going to do these things anyway. And anybody can come along for the ride. And then friends started flipping it and started inviting me lots of places. Um, I think partly because I just changed intentionally, internally, how I was going to seek out more joy and more fun in my life. And this summer has been one of the best summers in a really long time. I also think that part of what shifted, influenced maybe some of this experience is that twice in the last year, I said yes to vacations with friends that were not spur of the moment, like last minute vacations, but spur of the moment that we're all out to dinner and somebody goes hey you know what we should do is we should go travel to x y and z and we all go well that sounds fun and then next thing you know you're saying yes um there you are providence rhode island (laughs) (laughs) we should all go to europe yes let's do it and to see how they do it over there See how they're doing. I, you know, I've been meaning to check on Europe <laughs> as a whole. I've just, I've kind of been worried about that. We have some listeners in in London, and you know, we could go visit our listeners in London and then check in with the rest of Europe. And Europe's expanding. We got we got new countries to to welcome into <laughs> to Europe. Oh, the EU is expanding. <laughs> okay, I was like, oh. that's a new one. <laughs> I I think that the attitude of saying yes to invitations and then creating invitations for things is is critical because you get into these stages and we'll talk I think more in later episodes about adult friendships and how they really predominantly exist in calendars (laughs) and and calendaring together. But I was always told by my parents, if there's a couple things, if you're invited to something and it's okay to decline, but if you decline too often, don't be surprised if you don't get invited to as many things. And I was, as a child, I was like, if I ever say no, like that fear of missing out. I will never say no to anything. And it kind of stuck with me. And I've had a lot of really fun experiences just tagging along for things that you wouldn't expect that you would get invited to. But where I get stuck, and I don't know if you guys get here, is I get free time paralysis. Where if I have a chunk of free time or a free day, I'll, you know, sleep in a little bit, rest, maybe stay up a little late the night before, but then I have this large block of time and I just kind of stand there. And sometimes I'll walk to different rooms to my house, walk outside and just go, what do I want to do today? Hmm. And I just lay out like this menu of what I could do. 
And then I look down and it's three hours later. I've done nothing but think about what I'm going to do. And then my achiever side kicks in. It's like, you didn't even have fun well on your time off. It's 4 p.m. You got to think about dinner. And I just, then I feel like I blew it. And then sometimes I feel that way about big chunks of time where the schedule's different because we don't just stop working over the summer. But it is a different kind of rhythm. And so I'm like, oh, did I do this well? I feel this need to grade my recreation so that I can do it well to live life to the fullest. And I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's bad, but I don't know if it's necessarily healthy either. I think that's, um, yeah, probably... I wonder how many people do that because I think I definitely fall in like, did I, did I do this well, this, this whole vacation? Did I do this vacation? Well, did I do that relaxation? Well, yeah. Did I optimize? Did I make the most of it? Did I make the most of it? It's kind of how we reframe that question. That's right. Yeah. We we travel together a good bit. Mm -hmm. And so we, we seize the day. And we like to optimize, you know, and have some <laughs> the hours. But that's what's fun about traveling with folks who like to travel with different rhythms is that hopefully you push them a little bit and hopefully they slow you down a little bit and you kind of figure I'll let it out. you guess who pushes and who slows down. I just I'll we'll leave that lingering for our audience cuz they probably are confused right now who would through those, those roles. The, the amount of weird museums that I've drug you to at this point in our lives. <laughs> I go on vacation and I'm like, where do I want to go? Zoo. Museum. <laughs> I want to go to the park. My favorite, though, is we, we were in Japan for, for work and, and Evan's like, I'm going to get up at six o'clock in the morning and ride a train two hours away to go to a museum for two hours so I can ride the train back for two more hours so I can catch the next train to the next city where I was like, why? Why are you doing? Do you want to go? This, that's how you. Do you want to go? And I'm like, no. <laughs> none of that makes. None of that sounds like something. You didn't pitch it well enough, and Michael was clearly not having a summer. I yes, I've been, been getting. You know, so I've been getting in trouble with some friends for not pitching things well enough because I guess there's a salesmanship where people feel like they need to be convinced. But I'm also running into the problem where if I pitch it too much and it doesn't live up to the expectations, then I get crap either way so i've either i've been put in this paradox where i either don't pitch it well enough or i oversell it to get people to actually say yes and it doesn't live up to the impossible expectations i've created you i can tell sometimes when you're trying to figure out which side to land on on those pitches you're like do i undersell do i oversell what do i do um i think about one of my funniest summer of yes moments this summer was with the two of y'all very interesting. Go on. Continue. Is, is when um I know where this is going. You know where this is going. I don't. When it when you're like Lindsay, come hang out with us. It's when we we had all been together at the conference and the, you guys said you need to hang out. I because said, Lindsay was like presenting the next day like five different times and <laughs> It's not five. It's, it, but it was extensive. I, I yeah, was, it was like, like four and a half. I was like, I'm not going to stay up late. Tomorrow, I have a, a job to do, and I need to focus. And the two of them, Evan especially, Just give us 20 like, minutes. <laughs> give us 20 minutes and come stop by and see us before you head to your room for the night. And I was like, fine, okay. And so I show up, and they say, you know, a couple things. They're like, 
Okay. Here are three desserts. You choose which one you want to eat, and we will eat the other ones. But we are having fun. And then... She's been working like 14 hours for like a week <laughs> we straight. Every nothing. day for like a week straight. And I have to work at an info table and just talk to people. So, so I'm like, just dying. They're like, know? pick your dessert. And we're all going to put on face masks. Uh, because you are talking tomorrow about health and well-being. And you should probably you practice need, you it. You need to look fresh. Yeah. And they were the peel-off face masks. That's right. So they like they on your face. And so we had a grand total of, I ended up spa- staying a few more than 20 minutes because it took 20 minutes for the face mask to stay on our face. And we had to have the timer while we were sitting there. And so I walked in, I've been there maybe five minutes. They're like, put the face mask on I'm going, what? They're like, just do it. We all put on our face masks and then sit around and um, laugh hysterically. And then the funniest moment is us standing in the mirror attempting to peel them all off and doubling over in laughter and yeah, so it looked like a horror movie <laughs> it did my, look like a horror my movie kid's favorite one of their favorite pictures that i have of myself yeah wow. so that was that was one of my favorite moments of yes that i was so tired she that did night. not want to say yes no, i no. did not but want we to applied significant peer pressure and it is one of my favorite summer memories we got to create space for you. Know, so you got to have space and structure to be spontaneous. My fear was that you were going to have some kind of allergic reaction. <laughs> yes, we, which, which we didn't name as a potential side effect till about ten minutes into wearing these face masks. <laughs> then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, Evan's like, "Wait, we probably should have considered." And I'm thinking, we're now ten plus minutes in. My normally cautious self is trusting y'all, throwing caution to the wind. It's been eroded. Summer of yes, of kicking the summer off real well by saying yes to this that I could have an allergic reaction to. Spoiler alert, didn't happen. But it was in- so entertaining. Um, yeah. She didn't have an so, allergic reaction. She did it, and she did great the next day. And you could just, she just looked refreshed and healthy. <laughs> yeah. My face you just know? looks so yeah. good after that. My skin yeah. glowing. before that, I just, <laughs> that I looked a little rough around the just, edges. Just, just, just look tired. Oh, so it, interestingly enough, I think okay. So I think my summer was somewhat similar to yours, but I might phrase it a little differently. And uh, I would like to to draw back to another good memory from the eighties, I think, or nineties. I don't know. Steve Urkel. Yes. Yeah. Did I do that? Yes. Because that's the <laughs> other side of a summer of yes, is uh-huh. you look back and you're like, did I really just do that? Yeah, so <laughs> that uh, is the perfect explanation <laughs> of your summer. It is. Yes. So Steve Urkel is a character from the show Family Matters. That was the best on Friday nights. If we're doing throwback to Blockbuster, throwback to what were Friday nights called? That it was like step by step, TGIF, Family Matters, things like that. It was good stuff. So his catchphrase was he would. He was a very intelligent, we would identify now as very socially awkward, nerdy character. And he would say, did I do that? After making, making large a, mistakes. Some big, clumsy mistakes. So yeah. Michael has <laughs> questioned now if he has done that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And why is that? Well, so to, again, hearken back to the 
the pandemic, I think in the throes. I do, I do love to hearken. You yeah, know, I've, sure. I've been thinking, I've been thinking to myself, gosh, it's really been a while since <laughs> I've hearkened. <laughs> if, if we go back, I think in the middle of all that, we realized that the, the our, our closest, uh, I guess I would say our chosen family, the, the kinds of friends that you just sort of once in a lifetime kind of get to have all lived in Nashville, where we moved from, Nashville, Tennessee, and then at the time we were living outside of Atlanta. And I think Emily and I looked at each other one day when you, you start to look at your life and you're like, why do I, you know, if we have this thing, this, these relationships, why not embrace that in a world that, you know, life's uncertain. We just don't know what we have um, and how long we get to have it. Uh, and so we decided last year let's start looking towards moving back to nashville what would that look like and uh so we put our house up on the market in um i guess the last weekend of april and it sold that weekend and so then we had to find a house in nashville and we did and it just sort of like one of those things like you just started making decisions and you're like okay we'll just let's just do this we need to do it we want to do it i mean i remember when you said to us like, hey, I think that I'm going to move. And then next thing we know, you're like, oh, by the way, I'm moving in. It was some like incredibly short time period that you're like, hey, by the way, I'm going to move this soon. That's like, right. What? It was like, well, the plan was to sell the house in July. Which it turns out, I some advice from a friend said, you need to go ahead and sell it in May. The economy's looking a little questionable. You might want to, you know, interest rates are probably going to, like, so all this stuff, like, people gave me some advice. And so, well, let's just list it the last week of April. That gives us some time for the kids to get out of school. And it sold. And then we bought a house in Nashville. We found one. And uh, it was a total dump. I mean, lovely home, but a complete fixer-upper. Great bones. It has great bones, yeah. <laughs> uh, lovely bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we ended up, like, this, like, series of events that, moved us to nashville and then we <laughs> that's just such a weird thing to say it's got great bones like you'd never say that about a human like if you're <laughs> no they would say no, michael's michael's great he's a little she's, rough on the outside he's got great bones <laughs> he's big boned that's he's got, great, he's got great bones we'll just fix him right up that let me just say that is one of my mom's favorite things it's just my my doctor says i got great bones <laughs> I got great bones. No osteoporosis in my family. I was like, okay, that's good. That's good. So anyway, we moved. We got into this house. And then we did, uh, we applied for a TV show, an HGTV show to, to have it redone on a whim. Yeah. let's Like on a Sunday night. Correct. You'd been in Nashville how long at this I don't point? Know, two weeks, three weeks? Maybe. And yeah. you'd had this future plan of like maybe we'll renovate and then after you said hey we'll renovate then next thing you know you're on a whim you, it was like late at night that you're applying to this thing right so michael applies to everything that's right that is true <laughs> it's when my uh my all my all the juices start flowing no, 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 i was gonna say all my boundaries are down <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Let's just try it. I think the I think actually, how he started his doctorate <laughs> middle of the night. It's true. It's true. It's how I finished it too. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. But anyway. Um, it's where Michael recommends me uh, apply for things when he's that tired is of true. applying for that things. That is absolutely true. Oh my gosh. That was like it's a really 10 o'clock at night. Like, okay, don't look at, at my night, phone between 10 and 1 a.m. Evan, you should take this class at MIT. It would be fun. And then Evan's like, sure, why not? I say See? yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. So, so you applied on this late Sunday night. Yeah, I think and... I applied in the the day that the builder that we were working with at the time, because we knew it had to be redone, said, you know, it's going to be six to eight months before I can start, and then another <laughs> six to eight months that you can't live in your house uh, with your kids and family, and and I was like panicking at that point. I'm like, I don't know if I can do all this. Like, I don't know that you know my my wife Emily's just crying, cleaning out the nastiness of the. I mean, the house was so nasty. It had been vacant for a long time. And um, so I just applied. And then the next day they called us and said, hey, we really want to do this. Can you do a, can you, do a you know, a, a, a Zoom call to, to see if, you know, we had to like rehearse. We had to like do a scene, you know, like a pretend scene um, to see if we could do it. And like, yeah. And before you knew it, two weeks later, we were signing a contract to move forward with this show. So anyway. Um, I can't share about what this show is, but it will come out later, and it, it's gonna, it's been a really fun, but it's been a whirlwind. We moved out of the house. We ah, It's just been one of those. Anyway, I think exactly we were talking the other I was like, looking back, I can't believe we did all this. I don't even know how we did it all. Um, it was touch and go. <laughs> to, to, it, it, there, it was very touch and go. But to your point, when you look back at saying yes to these things, you're like, it wasn't, I wasn't always sure I could make it work. But now I'm so grateful that we said yes, that we took the risk, because the experience has been pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And we're sounds still married, and that says <laughs> a lot. So. It, it sounds like there's, uh, you're slightly incredulous at yourself that, like, oh, I was that bold and took that risk. I can't believe that I did that, but not in a demeaning bad way. Like, really proud of yourself. I can't believe I took that risk. And decided to go out on a limb and, again, kind of say yes to yeah. lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's liberating and scary mm-hmm. at the same time well, to, to take risks. Isn't that most of our life choices? Anytime we change something major in our life, move, start a new relationship, start a new job, all sorts of things like that, it is a risk. It is. I mean, it's hard to step out. I think for most of us, it's hard to step out for certain things. It's it's amazing how different people are able to connect and do certain things so easily and how others have a challenging time. Like, for example, it's really easy for me to take risks for hanging out with people or trying new things. Like I, I love to do that, but there's other things that I'm extremely risk averse for. Uh, and I love the way that summer engages with relationships and really just breaks where you get to catch up with people and be intentional, help us to re-engage with those people and friends that you have that push you a little bit, right, and challenge you and get you trying new things and going to the Bridgerton experience and shaking some things loose. Uh, I think for me, some of my favorite things about a longer seasons like summer, mm-hmm. kind of 
even just rhythm shakeups where the things that you do kind of change, you know, the weather's nicer, so there's some other opportunities. I think I like that it creates a natural break and transition point. Like, okay, like there, there is something that's changing. Kids are going to get out of school. The weather's going to be nice, so the pools are going to open up. We could go to the lake. You could do whatever. So those things that I've been putting off, I can kind of start to incorporate those now in a clump of time. Because I tend to do change really well in segments. Like changing one little thing about my life, eh, whatever, right? I'm, I'm just not really into that. But I do love tearing it all down and building it all <laughs> back again. Uh, and so it gives me the energy to do that. And what I really love is that for me, it helps things to stick or for things to fall away. So for the summer, I can try some new things. Or decide, hmm, this is some things that have been happening in the spring. You know, you're coming out of the winter, figuring it out. Okay, do I want to try some new things to get them to stick? And so summer to fall is almost more of a New Year's actual, like when I make life change for me, than actually New Year's. Because New Year's, it's just winter to winter. Who, who cares? It's depressing. Why do you want to make a life change in the middle of depressing winter i mean maybe you know maybe that's it and maybe it's because i've been tied to that academic calendar for so long but summer to fall is the start of the year i mean it is like a jubilee for me because you get football back which means you get college football back which means that i'm gonna get to see all my friends because i have decided by a third party when all my friends are free most weekends of because we're all going to watch you know the game for the team and you have a lot of friends from college and so for me it's just everything it's structured extroversion time work ramps up new things start kids are back in school so my ki- friends who have kids they get a little more free time back too well it's predictable time yes 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 it, it is a forced structure and routine and then i i like that i like to use the summer to try new things and then decide what are some things in my life that I want to let fall away? And summer tends to give it the space and flexibility to really let some things go, you know, habits or um, different patterns in life that I'm not really into. For some reason, that shakeup and transition season for me is tends to be in the summer. And it's fun. I mean, it's just, it's just, you get these weird schedules where like there's nobody in town for four days straight or something like that. And so you're like, I guess I'm going to do a big house project, right? Like it, 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 it creates these pockets of space that I don't think you really get around like the holidays and in the fall and the spring that really in summer, it just kind of, they just pop up out of nowhere. Like you just have three days in a row where you're like, oh, I could take half a day on Friday. And then, you know, I've got some friends who have half a day. We could do something. Those kinds of impromptu plans where you go somewhere and do something random really seem to come together yeah. in the summertime. And so I like to make space for that and try and not like overplan it too much. So Michael and I have kind of deemed catchphrases for our summer. Um, do you have a good catchphrase for your summer experience? I think this summer for me, I, it has it has two, two channels. It's like a... A be, tale of two cities. Yes, probably. I'd say it was a summer of settling, uh, not in settling for less, but as in nesting settling in yes like you know uh, if you have a for all the dog lovers you know when the dog spins around and then spins around and then does some scratching on the bed or their bed or the crown and you're like what are you doing like you're not they're not changing anything on the carpet and then they somehow for some reason in their brain with sniffs and then they give it a little uh, the eye test 
And they look at it and they go, now it's perfect to sit down. Now I can sit and nothing has changed. Sometimes they'll ruffle a blanket. Cats do it too, right? I mean, humans do it too. You get your favorite blanket, you nest, you get the pillows all right. And I think for me, just physically and emotionally, it was a big, that was a big part of it because there was a different phase of the pandemic. It's not like we had this mortal peril all the time. Got to finally be in our house. We're coming up on two years. So I'd seen everything and not, I, I like to let things sit. And unless it's like really something I want to change, I try not to change too much for the first six months to a year when I do something new. Because I don't think you've seen it, right? Like there might be a reason why somebody did something that way. Um, you know, gutters, different house projects are a great example, right? If you come behind somebody's work and you don't really understand and they've lived there for 10 or 15 years and you go, that just seems really stupid. So you change it and take it apart. Then when it gets cold outside and rains, you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> that's why they did it like this. There's something that's in the wall. There's something the way that this house sits that it's different. So for me to get to make those changes and then settle in, that settling made me feel like this is this is our home. This is where we live. This is where I exist now. This is a place that I can see myself in. I'm not just visiting here. I have agency here. And that extends to my life as well. I think there was a lot of nesting and feeling like I retook some agency of decision-making and where we wanted to be in life over the summer because there weren't any big transitions. And there so, weren't a lot of interruptions either. No, I know. I mean, it wasn't. And so to let those things kind of settle in and come to roost and then develop some good routines and rhythms felt nice. And so I felt myself really relax because I felt like that dog that had like scratched around and moved the blankets and done everything perfectly to just kind of flop down. And they, you know, they sit down and you're just kind of so jealous of them. I don't know about you, but when you see a dog who's just sleeping and resting peacefully, you're just like, oh, I'm inspired by you. <laughs> the best are our golden noodles because when they get asleep, they're like on oh, their back and they're just completely like, Argh. Yeah, Michael, this is a, an audio podcast and not a oh, you visual can't, thing. They can't. So <laughs> nobody can see. Here, I'll, I've been, I've been, no, listen just, I've been yeah. listening to a very, a very nice audio book. So I'll, it's a, Michael splayed out and stretched his arms like a dog, spreading his legs and rolling around on his back. He wriggled his neck back and forth as he groaned, Ah, I wish I was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you left out was my tongue was out, too. It's you know, just... true. <laughs> his tongue was hanging out like a mailbox left open by the mailman. While he was... <laughs> it's vivid imagery. But if now, if you were Michael listening to the audiobook, it would be like this. It was hanging out. <laughs> Because Michael listens to all his audiobooks on 2X. In uh, my podcast as well. I'm I'm either one and a quarter or one and a half, kind of depending on who is reading. Not if it's fiction. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta get oh, through the story. Man. Oh, well, because man. everybody enunciates those so much that they talk it's so a... slowly to make sure that you can hear. All the oh, words. it's a performance. You know what's, I like, you know what's I, weird, though? I don't like listening it's, to my own self on this podcast. It's true. At one time. I talk way too slowly. 
Unless I'm in person with y'all so, that I'm talking about. Maybe it's my like. summer of settling. I'm slowed down. <laughs> you listen to a podcast on two times speed in the car, going to a meeting, and then you get to the meeting, and you're like, come on, just spit it out. I know what you're going to say. Just say it. Like, <laughs> so it's the summer of settling for you. Yeah, settling. The summer settling, of, did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Was there a two-part to yours? Oh, yeah. The second, until, well, yeah, two yeah, cities. That was it. S- settling... Also, alternate title, A Tale of Nesting, or How I Nested Well Over the Summer. Okay, so yeah. it's just alternative working titles. Yeah, yeah, because you can't, when you just can't settle on one. Summer of Indecisiveness. <laughs> and free time paralysis. I, I hope that this time next year, I'll be able to say that, too, after oh, yeah. moving and then moving out again and moving back in. Oh, get a chance to <laughs> to settle in a little bit. Well, um so so where did you as we kind of come to wrap up this episode? I want to I want to think about where did you see um God's presence in your theme of your summer and in the, the idea of settling and the idea of saying yes. And the idea for myself of like, <laughs> oh my, what did I do? <laughs> I reclaimed a lot of joy this summer. Um, I think I started just feeling really present in my life again. Not that I'd fully given that up, but I just was incredibly intentional about it. And um, I think that it helped me just feel God now. Uh, Not having to figure out where God's taking me. What's the future holding? Uh, it was really just, God, I'm going to embrace the life that you have given me in this moment, um, not knowing what's coming next. And so that has really helped my faith life this summer and my time with God. I think for me, it was a lot of knowing exactly what I'm responsible for and exactly what I'm not responsible for. And there's a big difference between feeling the weight of responsibility like it depends on you for things that you have no control over. And then understanding what does actually depend on you and focusing on those things with that attention. And then the things that I don't own, I don't own the state of the world. I don't own the challenges for COVID. I don't own the state of the church. I I have parts to play and there's an avenue of faithfulness there for me. But that's a very external locus of control. How I care for my family, how I provide, how I love my friends and my family well. Those are things that are very dependent on me and my actions. And they are the things that deserve my attention. And so those, it's almost like a reprioritization of kind of where I'm going to put that weight for me. I can't live my entire life feeling the weight of things that I have no control over. That's not healthy. That's not what God calls me to do. I can be burdened for those things, and I can pray for them, and I can engage with them, but I don't need to feel like if I don't get up and deal with gun violence in America that that's entirely my problem to solve. Uh, And I think for me, this summer and that transition, that was huge for me because... If I'm only ever focused on external challenges, I'm not allowing God to work in myself. And if God wants to work in myself, 
then turn me towards external challenges, that's fine. But I can't skip the me work. Mm-hmm. And I need to be settled and nested and faithful in the essentials before engaging with that. And so I think I was reaching in and feeling fatigue and hopelessness from a lot of things that, and I think they're important, but it's not just my job (laughs) to to handle all these things. And that's just the nature, I think, of liking to try and do thought experiments to solve problems and, and that kind of stuff. But I think understanding the emotional toll that that takes to live in that state of crisis all the time, it's really easy to look. You can look at a screen and be mad 24 hours a day if you want. You really can. You can be sad, mad. You can seek out confirmation of whatever emotion you're feeling very, very easily in the world today. So in that settling, some reprioritization, some rebuilding of some boundaries, understanding essential practices, getting to know myself better. It was really my eat, pray, love summer. I'm changing. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. I think uh, when I think about my own faith journey, I often think about saying yes. Like, Like I think so much of, for lots, some of those were like, like powerful, really like moving yeses. Some of them were really gut wrenching, kind of letting go of things, letting go of control and outcomes and things like that, kind of saying yes. But when I when I when I look back at it, my own journey of life and my spiritual journey too, is I often look back and like I will think, did I did I really do that? Did do we really get through that and? Um, I think this summer for me was a reminder that that's really what life is about is, is saying yes to things. And then mostly realizing that the only way you can say yes to anything is that you have people that back you up. And I think that I mean, with, without, without you guys, without our friends in Nashville who've taken us in and helped us unload and pack and like just the kindness of strangers like that, you just realize that, that life is, is really dependent and best lived when you live it in a community. And it just, it, that's what the summer has been about, even though it was challenging, hard, exhausting. Um, I know I could have done it without friends. So thank you guys for being some of those friends. It's a good thing that we're having this conversation with Lindsay. Cause I just get roped in. That's right. Evan did friend. absolutely nothing for me nothing. this summer. Nothing. No conversations. <laughs> no, none, not a higher frequency of. Let me just, just tell me what you think about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we weren't looking at paint colors for the exterior of my home right before we started no. recording today. No, 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 not no, at no. all. Well, l- listener, we hope, or listeners, if you're, there's more than one of you. If you're a speaker, if you're, in the- <laughs> if you're listening, not by yourself. If you're in the car, uh, if your kids are in the car and they're listening to, your parents are smarter than you think they are, you should listen to them. It'll pay dividends later. There you go. You're welcome, parents. Uh, we hope that you had a Hey, good parents, summer. your kids are smarter and more intuitive than maybe you think sometimes, too. Listen to them. Nah, listen maybe to each not. other. I think that we should send everybody on their way with uh, kind of a directive. 
I hope that everybody is able to look back on your own summer and see if there was a theme of something where you saw God working. Yeah. And if you got to have stuff, if you want some stuff to stick, let it stick. If you need to let it go, it's, it's a seasonal transition. Bye. Let it go. You can do it. You don't, you, you don't have to keep around everything that you want to keep around and you don't have to take on everything of the world and all that weight, you know, just focus on the things that you got to focus on and you got this if you hear nothing else. No, in some ways I think too, it's uh say yes more or say no more. Be still, <laughs> yeah. Be still more. Yeah. And then also I think, you know, for mine is look back and see what you've gotten through and celebrate it and realize that you didn't do it by yourself and find ways to, to live life with others. That's a good place to wrap. But surprise, surprise, last question for me. There's, there's one more. Musical was... artist of the summer. Musical artist of the summer. Who'd you listen to? Oh, I listen to a lot of podcasts this summer, so I'm not very helpful. Lindsay's, Lindsay's musical choices, information. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, who you been listening to? Oh, God. This, this is good. Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> See, that's how you get to ask the question. Because... Because I have an eleven-year-old daughter who's obsessed. You and don't so... need to give up because if you love listening to Olivia Rodrigo, I'll tell she you has what. Some though, great stuff. Are you okay? What a great song! I don't know who that is. And oh goodness, what? Okay, so who was yours? Oh, Willie Nelson. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, it's good road trip music right there. Oh man, I yeah, big big time. Anyways, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>